Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life? a Bravo podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, Real Lifers. Welcome to episode 108. I am back in Washington, D.C. after a three-day trip back from Minnesota, And it seems as if the world has only gotten crazier (laughs) since I've come back. You know, watching the news has been absolutely horrifying, especially with what's going on with the wildfires out on the West Coast. Just seeing it on TV is scary enough. I can't even imagine like looking out your own window and seeing an orange sky or smoke. Uh, It just feels like we're living in apocalyptic times and... I hope everyone is doing whatever they need just to get by. Self-care is so important. Whatever it is that you're able to do for yourself just to try and get through this really rough period. Luckily, we have some wonderful shows on Bravo to help us get through it. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear my conversation with Sasha Morfa. She is an actress who, during COVID, decided to use her creative abilities to break down Housewives episodes on Instagram and has actually expanded to having a Patreon. You should all follow her on Instagram at the Bravo Breakdown. There is a link to her Instagram account and to her Patreon in the notes of this episode. As always, I love hearing from all of you. You can follow me on Instagram at ITRL underscore podcast. It stands for Is This Real Life? If you like the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and give me a nice review. I love hearing from all of you. Without further ado, here is this week's guest, Sasha Morfa. Hi, everyone. I am here with the lovely Sasha Morfa from the Bravo Breakdown. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you. You have the best videos on Instagram and also you so on much. your Patreon, which I finally subscribed to. I figured out how to set up a Patreon. Subscribe Yay! to you and Ryan Bailey, and I encourage everyone listening to do the same. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I look like the Patreon is the one where it's like, oh, really? Thank you. Because that's the thing that keeps it to where you don't feel like you're going crazy when you're doing all those hours of editing. You're like, you know what? I'm getting paid. People want to see these videos. I have a reason to do them. And it gives you that motivation to keep going. Totally. How did you get started doing this? Like, I know how you got into Housewives because mm-hmm. you were talking on Bitch Sesh, how you've been watching for so long. But like, how did you get into doing the breakdowns? 
Oh, well, whenever the we got the home, stay at home order for the quarantine at the beginning, the very beginning, back in March, I the first month of the quarantine, I really didn't do much. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch TV because I typically I'm an actor. So I usually have to like learn lines every week. And it's just uh, some t- some weeks I'm like, I don't want to learn another line ever in my life because it's just like just cramming, you know, information into your brain and then you go to the audition and then the next day you have to dump it out of your brain and then cram another set of lines in your brain. So it's just that constant memorization. Yeah. So I was so relieved to have my mind to have a break from that. And then, so I'm watching Bravo, watching all my shows and stuff, catching up on everything. And I, and I, I you know, I hit a wall very quickly because I was like, okay, I don't know how long this is going to go on. And there's not so much Bravo that I can, because I've seen everything. So I was like, okay, I can go back and start from the beginning, but I'd rather do something a little bit productive with my time. Like I'd rather come out on the other side of this feeling like I did something to better myself rather than just like turn my brain turned to mush completely to mush. <laughs> Hey, good for you. I feel like my brain is half yeah. dead after August. Because <laughs> I was on that path. I was really, I was getting there, you know, ordering Postmates two, three times a day. I would order Postmates for like lunch and a snack in between and then dinner all from Postmates. Okay. So you're like, but I need to get to it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I started, so I, one day I just started following a lot of the Bravo accounts. So I followed the Bravo celebrities, but not so much all a lot of the meme accounts. So I just started following a lot of them because I thought it, I was like, oh my God, it's so fun to watch the show and then hop online right afterwards and see what they're talking about. Exactly. I was like, this is so fun. And then I was like, oh, I want to do this. I want to be a part of this conversation. Like, how can I get in this community? So I started running my brains. I started making a few memes here and there, but it didn't feel natural to me. It felt like I have like having to think really hard, try to come up with a way to get the joke across in very few words or like get the pictures. I just, I didn't like the way that I was having to use my brain. So I was like, okay, so what (laughs) other way can I get in this community in a way that feels natural to me? And that was basically like commentary. And so then I, you know, I was like, okay, maybe it's podcasts. Then I felt intimidated by what for some reason a lot of the podcasts are very pretty long form like an hour usually upwards to an hour and for whatever reason that intimidated me because i was just like no one was going to listen to me talk for that long and there's plenty of podcasts that i listen to that are hour plus but you know you have that uh what they call it imposter syndrome i immediately was like no one cares oh really i have to say yes that's so I like, crazy. No one cares what I have to say. So there's no way they're going to listen to an hour long podcast about what I have to say. So then that's where I got the idea of doing the breakdown super micro sized. So it's like 15 minutes and under. I try to make it 15 minutes and under of just my initial knee jerk re- re- uh, reaction of what I'm thinking when I'm watching the show. So that's kind of where I got the idea. And I started looking on Instagram. I didn't see any pages like that. There were no sort of commentary, visual video commentaries on the Bravo show. I was like, okay, so there's no one out there is doing this on Instagram, at least I'm sure there's out there on YouTube and stuff, but as far as like the Instagram medium there, it, it didn't exist. So I was like, okay, well, what do I have to lose? You're going to do something that no one's doing. Go for like you it. can say, girl, this is stupid. And you could delete your account. Like, and that never happened. And then go back to your normal life. No, no one will remember, you know how Instagram is. It moves so fast. You disappear and no one even blinks an eye. <laughs> Seriously, I've had people be like, oh, I'm back from a break and they'll be gone for like a week and then you don't even notice it because there's so much happening constantly on Instagram, you know. So that was comforting and intimidating at the same time. So basically, yeah, I just I I had already had a filming set up from doing self tapes so much with my acting. So I already had the lighting. I already had the mic. I already had the editing skills from editing my self tape. So a lot of the skill set was already kind of it was there. I see. I'd already been flexing that muscle. 
And I'd done improv classes, you know, acting classes. So that sort of skill set of saying the first thing that comes to your mind, I had done that before. So really the only thing I hadn't done was specifically talk about Bravo. I was like, okay, well, I talk about it to my one friend on the phone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's how that's I felt. You know what I mean? <laughs> you have one person. So I was like, I'll just take the conversation that I have with my friend and just put it on camera. So I did like a sort of mock episode where I like did it, put it all together, edited it, put the music and stuff in. And I didn't post it. I just like made it. And then I showed it to my fiance. And then he thought it was awesome. And he doesn't even watch the shows. And he was like, this is awesome. And I was like, are you sure? He was like, yeah. And he just like, I didn't give him any context because I wanted it to be like, obviously it's for Bravo lovers, but I wanted him to think that the quality and everything, all of the, the transitions, and it made sense cohesively, even as a non-Bravo viewer. No, I think I think they're good. I showed um, some of your videos to my brother. Him and I have very different interests. He's never watched any reality TV show ever. And we went on a three-day trip from Minnesota driving to New York. And then I came back down to D.C. And on that trip... Uh, Sunday night was Real Housewives of Potomac. So, you know, he spent a couple hours talking to me about his passion, which is actuarial science. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) And I talked to him about um, Real Housewives of Potomac. Well, I went into all of the franchises and, you know, a lot of the different franchises and the reaction of Bravo to the Black Lives Matter movement. And Mm -hmm. he thought that was really interesting. And he asked why Potomac was my favorite. And I was like, well, they're the funniest and Mm -hmm. they live in my area. And then he was like, okay, I'll watch a show with you. And he was so funny. And then I showed him your accounts and I showed him Faces by Bravo. I was like trying to explain to him there's a whole culture. And he's like, oh, this is like ESPN. So few of it, like so little bit of ESPN is like about the actual game. And the rest is like everything around the contracts, the who, which who's going to get you know, move to which team and I'm saying all the stuff wrong, but it like made sense to him. But his only reaction from watching the Real Housewives of Potomac, besides being confused by Karen's wig being different in her confessional than what it was in the tape, um, because he's like, is that the same woman? Was he said, the only thing he said is these women do not like Monique. He goes, I I don't know why, but they don't like Monique. That was all he said. <laughs> He's not wrong. He was not wrong on that one. <laughs> oh, man, that's wow. so cool, though. And to, you know, you're such a talented actor and to be able to just do this, you know, in all improv so quickly and put these together. And yeah. people love them. It's fun. It's the feedback has been, like you know, because you think you're like, oh, I don't care. My art is my art that we try to tell ourselves. Yeah. I don't care who gets it. But this is one of those things where like if you're not getting if you're putting in the hours of editing and you're not getting the feedback, it's hard to keep doing it. Because like, why? Why would I want to edit? Why do I want to stare at a computer screen for hours on end? So really, the feedback has been like the main motivator because people have just been so supportive and just so engaging. Like the DMs and stuff that I get, people are so really committed to engaging with me on a regular basis. And I don't have any accounts that I engage with like that on a regular basis. So I was shocked to see that there were people out there that engage regularly like that. Like people are really, really into this Bravo stuff. Like, and I, it's because like you said, we don't have anyone in our real lives to talk to. So like they, <laughs> if they just to be able to send me a DM, it, you get that instant release like okay somebody gets me somebody you know they i'm not crazy i'm not alone in thinking this so i like it's make, it makes me feel really happy to be able to be that person for someone i know but I they're also like 
informational. I feel like I learned stuff too from it. Like the whole conversation that you had about between Garcelle and Sutton and about Mm -hmm. the hair and like the hot kitchen. Yeah. A lot of people, myself included, had heard the term, but didn't really know all of the stuff that goes behind it. And for you to like break that down and be so vulnerable about it was really amazing and was like a learning moment for me. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it's, it was a learning moment for me as well, watching it and seeing how it affected me. I had a visceral reaction. Like when she said that, I was uh, like, I literally made a sound. And my, my mom texts me like right as it was happening. Great. Now my mom is 65. So this tells you how this is generations. This is not just yeah. me. This is not just the woke millennials that are saying this. This is my mom, my mom's mom. My mom couldn't believe it because right. she herself had her hair straightened with a hot comb in the kitchen, you know, mm-hmm. had that same trauma around her hair. So it was a teaching moment for me as well to be able to see, okay, this is the reaction I had to this. This is why. And because of the Black Lives Matter movement, because of all of the sort of conversation that has happened around it, it gave me, it emboldened me. Like it gave me that, you know, that, that um, confidence to be able to say what I felt. Cause typically I would have felt those feelings and not said anything. Cause I would have been like, nobody's going to understand where I'm coming from. People are going to think I'm overreacting. They're going to think I'm being overly sensitive, but because of everything that's going on right now. And I felt like people right now in particular are all ears, especially the people in the Bravo community, they are ready for it. They want to hear, they want to spread awareness. They want to learn. So that really gave me the um, confidence to feel like I can say and share my experience because I used to think that being a quote unquote activist or being, you know, an anti-racist educator, you know, you have to have all of these facts and all this history, this black history and be able to break everything down. But it's like, no, I am black. I'm a black woman. Just say, just, just alone me saying what happened. That's education to people that don't know. Totally. And I didn't, I didn't know that until I got the response from that video. They're like, Oh, I, I carry this responsibility, not because I have to have the right thing to say all the time. People just want to hear your experience because it's not out there. It's not on TV. Right. Look, our cast, all these casts, we have all black casts and we have all white casts. This segregation is very clear in front of us. So clearly people are not getting the representation that we need. So clearly if you're saying something, it's not something that they've heard a million times. And it's interesting also, like, just to see how Bravo addresses some of these things in the shows themselves. Like when Potomac, the cast trip, went down to Louisiana and they went to a plantation and they had conversations about slavery and like Mm -hmm. what that really was like. And, you know, the rape that went on and Mm -hmm. why Giselle has green eyes. And I think it just led a lot of viewers to just sit back and take it in mm-hmm. and like think about that really awful part of our country's history. Yeah. And, and I hope that we continue yeah. to see more of that stuff. Yeah. You know, you know, I felt they glazed over it a little bit, but when um, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I think they were in Germany or mm-hmm. no, where were they? And they went to a Holocaust memorial and Dorit talked about her family being in the Holocaust and they just kind of like glazed over it. And that's yeah. something like I had family in the Holocaust and I felt kind of seen just having it acknowledged, you know, yeah. and there's just a lot of stuff about Jewish history that people don't know. 
also. Yeah, and totally. I, you know, there's so much that we can learn from each other's backgrounds. And mm-hmm. I love learning about these women and the history and Portia Williams' grandfather. Mm-hmm. Like, I had no idea that her yeah. grandfather was this big civil rights activist. Like, yeah. That's so cool. I know. It really is. And people didn't really appreciate it until now. Because this is, I mean... She's been a part of this legacy forever. She's mentioned it on the show, but no one really cared. No one took her seriously because she's, you know, kind of portrayed as this sort of ditzy type of personality. But seeing her go out there and make that sacrifice to put herself on the line and protest, people are like, oh, she's not playing games. No, she's not playing games because this is her life we're talking Mm -hmm. about. This is her siblings, her family, her future kids, her children. This is life and death. So I think people seeing someone like Portia put herself out like that, they're really being like, oh, wait, this is real issue going on right now. Totally. And her and Dennis were putting together money for bail funds and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't even just like the being in front of the camera, which I know she's a little more comfortable with as someone who's on reality TV. But she's doing a lot of work behind the scenes, too. And I commend all of it, you know, not just the stuff that we see. Yeah, it's amazing to watch. I feel really like really honored to be able to be a part of this movement right now that's happening. Like it's It's happening everywhere. It's amazing. Like people want to be like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's so late. You know, people are just now realizing, you know, 300, 400 years later. And it's like, well, you know, it could have been another 300, 400 years. But fortunately, it's happening now. And our job right now is to keep the momentum going because they don't, these people that they want to continue to benefit off of the social injustices in this country, because there's so many benefits to being white. Mm -hmm. So it takes the white people standing up and getting, it's not, we don't need, it's not our job. That's why people say it's not a black person's job to educate. It's not even so much like, oh, I shouldn't have to. It's like, no, it's not about me not having to, is that it doesn't work as well coming from me as it does coming from a white person to another white person. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, like one white, one, one, what did I say? One black voice, one, like one white voice carries the weight of like 10 black people, mm-hmm. unfortunately in this country. So that's why I try to tell like, all my white peers, like, yeah, it's all great. You want to like talk to black people, like make sure you ha- don't worry about making sure I feel good. Just take what, what are you, what you're learning and tell your peers. Cause they're the ones they need to hear it from a different angle. And that's why I really encourage people to normalize these conversations and normalize the process of the feelings that you get from the, you know, the initial shock. And then there's the guilt and then you want to deny it. That's fine. That's why there's stages of grief. It's a exactly. grieving, it's a grieving of your privilege. It's really interesting too. Um, like I've been taught, I spend a lot of time playing Mahjong online with my late mother's friends. I oh, wow. <laughs> it's like become this thing during quarantine where they didn't all know how to talk to each other. And I had a Zoom account and I taught them how to okay. use Zoom and then how Aww. to play Mahjong online. And they are hilarious women. I mean, they got how many wine. women? So my mom was in two groups, one in Minnesota and one in Naples, Florida, where my parents oh, would go for the winter. So there's like nine women in Naples and like a group of just like four or five in Minnesota. And the ones in Naples were, it was so funny. We were all um, on the Zoom call together. And one of them said, you know, I just heard about Juneteenth. It's Juneteenth. Like, how come I didn't know about this? Wow. Like, why why did they never tell us this? And we had this like conversation where every woman was coming to terms with like so much of our education system was things things they just didn't learn about black history 
you know, and they're like, Mandy, do you know about it? I was like, well, I live in D.C. and it is a holiday in D.C. So ever uh-huh. since I've been in D.C. and worked in D.C., I knew about it. But, you know, it didn't seem to really be as meaningful until this year mm-hmm. where there was so much discussion about it. Right. And just to have them have this like long talk about white privilege and Black Lives Matter and all of this and these like, you know, 70 year old Jewish ladies are just all That's talking amazing. about it. I was like, yeah. hell yeah. That's amazing. This is the times time. are changing. Yeah, for sure. Wow. That's incredible. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. So if you guys wonder what I'm up to in my free time, I'm playing Mahjong online with a bunch of old Jewish ladies. <laughs> and let me tell you, these are some of the funniest women I have ever met in my oh, life. I can imagine. Oh. I can already drink wine. They are and them on, so on funny. One oh of them's um, husband started uh, taking medical marijuana for arthritis, and oh, she wow. said she was testing it out for him before. <laughs> Just, oh. <laughs> and then she joins, and she's like, well, I'm not driving anywhere. <laughs> she's like, we've got to keep ourselves busy and alive, ladies. Busy oh, and alive. <laughs> I love that. That is oh, hilarious. Man. Well, that is so funny. Let's get into some of the news that's breaking this week from Bravo. Uh, we have Ashley Darby is pregnant with baby number two. Were you expecting this? I was not. I was yeah. very surprised, and the timing couldn't have been worse. Oh man, I, I wonder if she's just like in a bubble. If she's just always in a bubble where she doesn't really acknowledge what happens. And how it's perceived and just stays in her happy place, which I think she was happy while pregnant. I think she's really happy with the baby. And I think she's just trying to recreate that again. I don't really understand it. That sounds like a tactic that she would probably attempt. I will say this. This is probably not that valuable. But so whenever I post my breakdowns and my stories, I'll tag them in it. And she's the only one that views them that views the story tag. Oh, interesting. So she's on Instagram more than the other women because they're not even seeing it. Mm-hmm. So if she's on enough to see a notification that I've tagged her, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not yeah. like, I'm not high in her, her rotation probably on the algorithm. So to me, that makes me think that she's on her phone a lot. So she knows what people think. I think she knows. I think, and she's the, one of the youngest, youngest women. She is. She's actually quite young. Karen, I can see. I don't think Karen gets online a lot, but she <laughs> is the youngest, right? I think she's younger than Candace. She is. I think she's younger than yeah, Candace. Yeah, so I think she is aware. But I think, like you said, her tactic is, okay, let me try to create this space where everything was sweet and loving. And we're in this place of like, oh, a new baby is coming. Let's focus on that. The positivity that comes with having a new baby. I think maybe she's trying, like you said, trying to recreate that, which is like super sad. It is. I really like Ashley. I didn't the last few seasons. I don't know mm-hmm. why she Same. irked me. No, I didn't. I didn't either. And seeing her as a mom and like laughing and being vulnerable about her postpartum depression. I'm just yeah. rooting for her. And so I found out she's pregnant and I'm like, oh, no, like and she's chained to him even more. But I know. if it makes her happy, I just want whatever makes her happy. Yeah, I I'm, I'm, I'm going to hope that maybe let's say like if they aren't doing well, that may be the reason why she had another. And I don't this is just me. This is just an option because obviously I would hope that they're happy. But so, you know, how do you follow the Kardashians? 
not okay, very so well. Court, okay, so Kourtney Kardashian, <laughs> she has three kids mm-hmm. with Scott Disick, but they're yeah. not together. They've never been married. Oh, I know the basics. Okay. Right. Yes. So she purposely, I feel that she purposely was like, well, I'll just have all my kids with this one guy just to make my my life easier. So maybe that, that was her tactic. Like maybe she's thinking like, oh. we probably won't go the long run, but I still rather have, like if I could have two of my kids with this guy, they have the same dad. Have the same could, dad. Yep. Yeah. I get the paycheck from the same stores. <laughs> and then maybe if I remarry, I'll have a kid with this person. Like it's less messy that way. Okay. Instead of having like, instead of having three baby daddies, you can just have like maybe one, maybe two. Okay. So maybe that was her, you know, sort of. It sounds Plan. like Chloe is doing this too. I don't even watch the Kardashians and I know Chloe is back with Tristan. She's right. <laughs> and she was thinking about getting, making an embryo with him. Yeah. So just in case, you know, she's like, well, I'd rather just have them have the same dad. And I can understand that because mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a headache to manage two different dads. I can't. Oh my God. I can't imagine oh all that coordination. I can barely oh. coordinate my dog. I know. <laughs> I can't I know, imagine right? children. <laughs> But maybe they went to couples counseling and they're doing amazing and, you know, they're on the right path. Who knows? Who knows? And then we heard that Denise is leaving. We found this out. It broke right as The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion was airing. I don't know. I'm a little bit frustrated with Denise because I really Mm -hmm. wish she could fulfill her contract and it seems like she went into this thinking she could control everything kind of like a Kris Jenner type Mm -hmm. like she could say things or do things to make them air only what she wanted and maybe it worked the first season right she had a great edit everyone loved her and then this season it just didn't go as planned and instead of sticking with it or addressing things head on, which she could have like stopped those rumors and just been like, I don't know why Brandy is saying this shit, but you know, yeah, we talk shit. We didn't hook up. Like, I don't know what else you want me to say. And it would just end, you know, Mm -hmm. just say that you talked crap about these women. That's what they're upset about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But instead she just always uses legal stuff. It's like, it's just like her marriage with Charlie. They just sue each other instead of <laughs> instead of like try and parent, co-parent. <laughs> I'm it not sucks. blaming her. It's probably his fault. But no, it, it's definitely his, his fault. fault. But that's the way she's used to handling conflict yep. is in court. So you know, you do what you you do what you know. I I feel the same way. It's there was a, when I found out I was I was like shocked by the news, but it wasn't surprising. Like you right. know what I mean? it wasn't like, Oh my God, this is so, I can't believe it. But it was shocking to see. Um, I am disappointed that she's not coming back because I was just hoping that she would just have a change of pace next season and just come back and just be like, you know what? This is what it is. These are my boundaries. Like no lies, just right. setting her boundaries. Totally. But I'm, you know, I've, I feel that she didn't understand what she was getting herself into. She really had no idea how different it is from acting because when you're an actor and you're that level of a star, you are in control. You get whatever you want, especially on like when I'm on set, even me, like I'm just a working actor. You know, I don't have a name or anything like that, but when you're on set, they treat, if you are on the call sheet 10 or above, they treat you like royalty. Like they wait on you hand and foot. You know what I mean? They do whatever you ask. Like if you say you want a certain brand of creamer for your, for your coffee, that's only available 45 minutes away. They're going to make sure it's there. So I think she's probably (laughs) used to being able to have that control. And she didn't realize that like, yeah, you're Denise Richards, but girl, this is a reality show and they're going to make you look however they want to make you look. And you either be honest and make them look bad with your honesty 
because if she had just been completely honest for, through and through, she would have come out on top. There wouldn't, it wouldn't have been as polarizing. Would have been like, oh, I hate Denise. I love Denise because nobody can argue with honesty. That's all the fans want is honesty. And she would have been the only one in the cast being honest because none of the other women are. They all have skeletons in their closet that's not being addressed. But the easiest way to distract from that is, oh, well, let's pile on to Denise because she's being clearly dishonest. It's so obvious. <laughs> it's the most obvious one. Yeah. Right? So they're all like, we'll just go uh, just attack her. It's so easy. And so that's why it's so unfortunate because she gave these women such an easy out. She gave them a whole season of not having to get anything, not having to work for their coin at all. And just put all this the heat on her. So it's so it really she doesn't she didn't know she you know what she needed she needed a coach she needed a reality TV coach coaching Which I her through. Rena would be for her since they no, were friends. No, Rena would never. No, Rena's looking out for Rena. She's never going to help somebody else look better than her. No way. I heard I, this could be I made up, but I heard that Rena talked to her before she signed and was like, "Are you sure you want to do this? This is what it's like. It's not exactly what you're thinking it is." You know, and then when they showed the previews for next week, they're like, is there anything you regret? And she says, I regret letting Denise do the show as if Mm. she had something to do with Denise doing the show. I'm not entirely sure, but I feel like there was a conversation between them. And Denise was like, no, no, you don't understand. I'm Denise fucking Richards. I can control the shit. And Rena was kind of like, I I don't think you can. Right. And then Rosanna, Rena probably resented the fact that she maybe got some control her first season. Yes, I think that was the number one thing they were all pissed off. She was getting paid more, showing up less, and getting a better edit. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's why they were pissed, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and like not actually being true friends with them and talking shit behind their back, which yep. wouldn't be as big of a deal if she wasn't getting paid more, right. doing less work. Right. And getting a good at it. <laughs> exactly. She didn't she didn't make the right moves. She could have played her card. Like, I mean, Denise could have been a fan favorite. She could have just like dominated that show if she had just called it like it was and owned her shit. Can you imagine? If she was like, Yeah, I did say that. And what do you want? Do you want to fight me? Like, yeah, you're boring. Like, that's what I wish she is. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's Everything what she, she said, the reason the women were so hurt is because it was all kind of true. Right. You know, it was right. mean, but it was honest. Yep. That's why they were upset. I'm, I'm upset that she left because I'm upset that now who's going to do it? Who's going to put these women in their place now? Because now there's no one left to do it. Because Garcelle, she's hinting. Is she, I mean, is she going to stick around? Or what do you think? I think if I think they're going to want to make Garcelle stick around because she was yeah. so loved and yeah. she is such a star power, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe they'll ask, like, hey, who do you have hanging around? Like, who else I could be? So. I would love for them to bring on um, Cynthia from yeah. Atlanta. She lives in L.A. She's friendly mm-hmm. with Garcelle. Like, that's an easy one. And then let's get, like, another, I don't know, big name. I mean, who who do you think would be great on Beverly Hills? People, a lot of people are saying Kathy Hilton, but I feel like I don't really care to see like that sister drama. I don't want to see, it's just going to be sister drama. I don't, I want to see the whole, it it involved with the whole cast. I mean, and Faye Resnick is more of a Kyle ally, right? She is. I I think she she works as a friend of, I'm thinking like big name in Hollywood, but someone who might also be friends with Garcelle. Pamela Anderson. Ooh, (laughs) that would be a get. Heather Locklear. Oh, man, because I think somebody like edgy, somebody with like some grit could be interesting. Or like Jada Pickett-Smith. 
No, she's too big. I know. She's, she's too she big. Everything to lose and nothing to gain. Yeah, no, 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 no. That wouldn't be a good move. That's something interesting to think about, though. I would I would be, like, curious to sit down and think about, like, who, yeah, who? Because there's so many options. There's so many options. And a lot of people would want to do it the way Erica did, which is brand themselves and make yep. a name for themselves. Yeah. So someone who's either famous already or famous adjacent. Like, Erica's yeah. husband is famous. Right, right. So someone married to someone famous or related like Teddy (laughs) born to someone famous. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody, somebody mentioned like Hulk Hogan, but like, she's way too young, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to think on it, but cause there's like, I'm sure. Yeah. It's like some old models or something like Brooke Shields. Yeah. Someone with a lot of tabloid rumors that used to circle them the way that with Denise, like that's what made her such a draw. Like you may have heard of me. Right. You know, yeah, we totally. got to think on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see what they're going to do next season. I swear, if they do another season of a one storyline next year, I don't know. I'm going to be like, wow, like this is borderline just like starting to be pathetic to watch. Like, really, who, who needs to be fired? Do y'all need all new producers? I think they're going to let some people go. They're going to have to break up that whole like OG crew, even though they're not OGs. Like, I think they're going to let Teddy go. Erica might be done. She kind of wrapped up her storyline. I'm not sure there's any more she's going to give us. Dorit has proven that she can go up against Kyle. Yeah. So maybe someone who's also friends with Dorit. Yeah, that would be cool. I would like that. You know, yes. let's make it like so that. it's not only Kyle's friends that are yes, on the Yes, because show. that's what it basically is now. It's like everyone's on Kyle's side. And then you have Dorit, Garcelle, and Denise. And so now Denise is gone. And Sutton. And, and Sutton, which... <laughs> Sutton is just it's hard because even though Sutton is better than like I prefer her to Kyle and everyone but she's just like I don't know she's so like southern and just like she just feels so like southern old money like those women because I'm I'm from the south and I just I recognize that type of woman and I typically those women are typically just not very open-minded I'll just say that not saying that Sutton is or isn't but that type of woman that I know I don't really I'm not typically drawn to that type of woman so I don't I don't really really need to I, I want to see more like like someone like Dorit that's like a, a creative a creative type of woman <laughs> yeah you know not and then also a housewife but also a creative I didn't like Dorit just, right away you know when she showed up on our, the scene and I was like oh no she's Jewish and her husband's Jewish and they're gonna make us look bad you know and PK and all his weird money issues and I was like no but I, know, I, know. I stand them now I appreciate I them leaning into their con man persona Mm -hmm. and being like what you want a real housewives of tax returns that would be boring it's true it Mm -hmm. would be yeah i said it before i'll leave the tax returns to rachel maddow to explain to me (laughs) you know (laughs) we don't need to go line by line here right Um, so we'll see what happens yeah we'll see what happens we will see what happens well, let's get into the New York reunion. So okay. oh, I was so happy to see it in person. I thought it would be weird at first seeing them so far apart from one another, but mm. it worked. And I yeah. really hope that the next reunions that we see, like with the OC and Salt Lake City, hopefully can follow the same protocols. We shall see. I think, yeah, I think so. 
it was nice to be able to see the full body language. Like I remember there was one shot of Dorinda with her, just her leg was just shaking. Yes. She was so angry. And I was like, yes, see, this is what you don't <laughs> get in the zoom reunions. Like the zooms are great. Cause you get those close up shots, but you get to feel it coming off their entire body and see the physical connection between them that you don't get on the zoom. I, yeah. I'm, I was happy to see them in person. I'm I'm glad they started out by talking about COVID Mm because I've been thinking about this, you know, as in March and April, my my family in New York City, I mean, it was it was rough. I mean, Mm -hmm. the collective trauma that that city has gone through compared to all I mean, the whole country, but that city, I mean, the wailing of the sirens 24 seven, the, you know, body bags like piling up and outside hospitals and I'm glad that they addressed that Leah was pretty much the only one that was actually in the city during mm-hmm. this time. And, yeah. you know, it was just interesting to see Ramona's reaction. I mean, she is, she has no empathy, right? None. It's inca- She's incapable of empathy. So it's not like I think she's a mean person. I don't think she understands other people's pain. So she's yep. constantly confused why mm-hmm. people point things out like she's like what i didn't have the virus i didn't have the virus i don't have the virus oh my god i know i know <laughs> it's like i know a true narcissist oh, right yeah it's kind of it's kind of almost scary to watch somebody that level of narcissism where they just like she can't see beyond herself right. at all it's terrifying at all. and you know that and she is like no remorse right Nothing, because she can't tell how she could hurt others. Mm-hmm. Even when, it's so funny, when you used to watch her and Bethany, she used to anticipate, like she couldn't anticipate when Bethany would get mad at her because she mm-hmm. didn't understand what she was doing wrong. So yeah. as soon as Bethany would point out something, she'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, like she would mm-hmm. instinctively, the Ramona the apologizer. Apologies mean nothing to her because she never understands what she did to hurt someone. Right. <laughs> Right. You know? So she just gives them out. She just says them. Yeah. She's just like, sorry, just to appease the person when she never actually processes what she's done wrong. She's like, well, you're telling me I'm done something wrong, so I'm just going to say sorry. And then when Andy was like, you understand that you could potentially get it again. I mean, that's right. out there. Like, I'm afraid of right. getting it again. You know? And what did she say? He out. Oh, then Sonia says, <laughs> right after Andy, especially if you're swapping spit with Dubin. <laughs> Like, right right <laughs> and i was like and here we go uh-huh i was like yes yes this is what i'm here for harry dupin like what if he was patient zero in new york oh my gosh you know coming from france or italy making out with half of new york city mm-hmm. no wonder everyone got sick <laughs> i would not be surprised whatsoever oh man And then they get into discussing Leah's first season. So what are your thoughts kind of overall on Leah, kind of start to finish how she's done and how you feel about her? Yeah, I thought she's been an amazing first housewife. Like I've never seen a housewife kind of come on the scene and just shake everything up like she has. And she's gotten such a great response from the audience, the viewers. So I agreed with a lot of the things that they were saying. The main thing that the problem that I had was a little bit of like the appropriation going on, you know, that kind of always, it was a little bit icky and like the sort of ignore, like 
I wish that she would have highlighted her privilege even more. Like even outside of just the arrest that you survived the arrest, the privilege of everything of your entire, I mean, you're, you're from Chelsea, Mm -hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? And so like, I think that that could have been used as a little bit more of like a teaching opportunity, but then I'm like, okay, well, when this was filming, nobody was having these conversations. That's true. So it's kind of more of like an after the fact sort of thing. But I, I initially, and I, you know, it's funny because whenever someone tries to, attack or bully someone that is not deserving of it on the show they make us like that person more like Tinsley and that's how I felt about Leah whenever Ramona and them started trying to ostracize her because she has tattoos and judge her (laughs) that made me like her even more I'm like you're trying to get us to not like her and be disgusted by her and you're actually doing the exact opposite because uh hello it's 2020 what are you talking about yeah I mean so those beginning episodes the main and one of the other things that I really like about Leah is that she lets a lot of their comments roll off of her because mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff they say to her is really mean. It's offensive, too. And she'll get affect like some things she'll let affect her and she'll she'll blow up. But a lot of the stuff they say, she lets it roll. She's just like, you know, whatever, like, like saying she's a tramp and how could she ever have those wings? She's like, men love it. Like she doesn't really she, she's just really good about playing the game. So I like right. that about her. She's not like overly sensitive. And then sort of like towards the end of the season, that's just kind of like whenever the stuff really came up with the arrest, whenever she they actually showed her brand and the inner workings of that. And I made a video just kind of talking about, because it was like right around the time of the mm-hmm. Jacob Black. And then I kind of got a bad taste in my mouth just because like her response to the video wasn't the greatest. But then we ended up having a dialogue about it and we got to the point of, okay, back to the task at hand, which is highlighting the brokenness in the system. So that yeah. everyone can understand it so that we can dismantle it together. And then the fact that she was able to have that sort of awakening, which is the part that I need people to understand. You, there's no way around your privilege. You're not exempt. Mm-hmm. I don't care how woke you are, how down you are, how many pictures of uh, little Kim you got on your dress, how long you've been wearing baby fat. It doesn't matter. How many teeth you had knocked out by NYPD right. exactly. and got paid it for it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> The nothing you're not exempt sorry i don't care if you got 50 black it doesn't matter so exactly. that was the thing that we, the, the only thing that i had that is like don't get it twisted you're on our side but you're still one of them you're still one of the ones mm-hmm. that is benefiting from your privilege so i think that was kind of hard because she kind of interpreted it as me saying that she didn't work hard or took it personal that i said that she got her career handed to her yeah i think a lot of people white people say that but like I worked really hard it's like well right. yeah of course you worked hard no one's saying you didn't right but would you have gotten to this place without the privilege that you were born exactly. with exactly it was interesting Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast was talking mm-hmm. to me about like kind of she didn't use the word appropriation but like streetwear and uh-huh. I was like I don't even know what streetwear is but when I see her line I think of athleisure and she was like thank you. <laughs> that's uh-huh. what it is. That's right. not what streetwear is, but that's what her line is. Right. So for right. her to call it streetwear, you know, is yeah. something. Yes. That, that was people's, <laughs> that was a lot of people's biggest problem. And I honestly yeah. didn't have that much of a problem until I had an interaction with her. Cause I was just like, you know, whatever, like she's, she is, she, I, she, she is a, the closest thing that we're going to have to an ally on that network at the moment, her and Bronwyn. Mm-hmm. So I was saying this to Monty. It's like, unfortunately, we can't be picky. Unfortunately, we don't get to have the perfect ally, unfortunately, because this is all we got. 
So that's why I wasn't really taking issue with a lot of the stuff. It was mainly just like her reaction to that video. And then now on the other side of it, I do have respect for her because most white people, they stop there. They don't even engage, they get it, yeah. They farther. don't even if even if they get as far as being an ally, once they get their feelings hurt or their ego bruised, or they feel like you're oh, you're stepping over the line. Oh, don't forget white black girls, stay in your stay in your lane. Don't come for me. So once we were able to get over that hump of like, okay, yeah, if we're really gonna get down to the nitty-gritty, we're gonna talk about your stuff too. And then the coming to the conclusion of that, to me, that is the respect that I have because it's 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 easy to go out there and say you're an ally, but it's another thing to like have that feeling of like getting your feelings hurt and getting slapped in the face by your own privilege. And then sitting with that and being like, you know what? I was wrong. You're right. It's not about me. It's not about if even if I did say you didn't work for a dime and you're and you don't you don't deserve anything that you got because you're white. Yeah, it can hurt your feelings. But oh, well, if that's what it takes to dismantle the system and highlight it and shine a light on it in such a severe way, then that's what it takes. Because at the end of the day, even if I say what I'm going to say, it doesn't matter. You're still going to get your coin. Why? Because you're a white woman in America. Mm -hmm. So that's so that's like kind of the arc. So as far as where I'm at right now with Leah, I look forward to see what she's going to bring into the next season. I look forward to see what she's going to bring with her new education, her new tools, or even more awareness of what's going on. The the conversations that she's going to start on the show. I look forward to seeing that. Me too. I think I really appreciated that she took part in the, what was it called? Like the race in America series that Bravo did. Just Mm -hmm. the fact that she was willing to put herself out there for that um, made me think, okay, like she'll probably talk, feel more comfortable talking about some of these things moving forward because before none of this stuff was really on these shows, especially not on the all white casts. So like, even if they did talk about it or when Carol, for example, would talk about politics and Hillary and Trump and just, it wasn't race, but it was, people felt like they were being lectured and Mm -hmm. made it sound like she was um, ruining the party. Yeah. And that kind of always sat poorly with me because I very mm-hmm. much was like no like how are you guys going out and having fun do you know who just won the election <laughs> right right no like, for real come on for you real. know so I was team Carol <laughs> oh yeah definitely well they were not upset they were celebrating so of course they're going to go out and party right well not all of them not all of them not but... all of them some of them like to keep their politics very close to their chest for good mm. or bad Right. That's what I've learned right. about New York. Huh. They're very split down the middle. Interesting. Yeah. I, I forgot which um, account did it, but it was like someone went through all of the FEC filings for housewives oh. and saw okay. who donated to who. And so Luann is a closet Democrat. Good. Which, yeah. Okay. And, and Dorinda too, right? Dorinda? Dorinda is not a closet. She is out there. She's very, out very, there. very, okay. very supportive. Very yeah, loud yeah. about it. That's and um, I think Ramona is de- well, definitely Republican. Sonia, I think, like is Republican, but like not super into it. Like she's not following it as much. Tinsley didn't even vote. Neither <laughs> did Leah, and neither did Leah. But Leah vote didn't vote because she thought she was making a statement, and I think that's what sat poorly. She's like, I didn't like my choices. It's like, oh God. Anyway, yeah, um, speak, let's get back to uh, the reunion. So yes. they then talk about their relationships with alcohol. And mm-hmm. I'm glad they got into it right away because this yeah. was the majority of the season was mm-hmm. each week 
multiple of these women were having these insane (laughs) reactions to alcohol, drinking excessively, screaming at each other, behaving in a way that we even was excessive for New York housewives. And they all, it sounded like, made some pretty significant changes after the season wrapped, Mm -hmm. except for Dorinda, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I think is like a common theme. This whole reunion is going to be everyone did this except Dorinda. Right. She just didn't want to talk about it, says it made her uncomfortable. Andy worked really hard to just try and get her to talk about, hey, like, so why are you uncomfortable talking about this? Right. And she just kept deflecting. And she, they all yelled at it. her for deflecting, and that didn't help either. But eventually she said it felt she's sensitive. She feels it's accusatory. She says it's just uncomfortable talking about it and that her alcohol use is stress-related. And she just didn't really dig deep. And I was expecting more. I was. I wasn't. I was actually surprised that she even was able to identify that she, she said that she expresses herself through drinking, like whatever, all of the stress. And like, she's like, I use drinking as a tool to express myself. I didn't think she would be able to even form that sentence to be able to even acknowledge that it's a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. So I was, I wouldn't expect nothing from Dorinda <laughs> because Dorinda is like a brick wall. Somebody like Dorinda to me, that's why it's like people like, obviously Ramona is the worst, but Dorinda to me is so much more, more triggering because she is a democrat it's like yeah she is on the right side politically but the way she behaves is so like that drips all over you in a way that like it affects your psyche because she gets in there and she like she targets someone and she doesn't let up i've never seen ramona do anything like that ramona is too absorbed self-absorbed to do that Mm -hmm. the way that dorinda stuck on tinsley for a whole season because she'd rather do that than deal with her own as we saw then deal with her own issues, her own, the cracks in her own relationship. Rather, she would rather do anything than look at herself. So that's why she drinks excessively because it, it immediately turns off that switch of even thinking about your issues. Cause then you're just in the rage or whatever emotion she's riding off of. And she gets high off of that rage. She, she does. It. It's so dark. She's so also dark. projecting all the time. Like anytime she hurls an insult at someone, I feel like she's saying it to herself in the mirror. Mm. You know, yeah. like it's something yeah. she hates about herself so much. And there's so much self-loathing. But instead, she's screaming it at Tinsley. And yeah. I wonder, like, there's definitely something with, like, Tinsley and Scott's relationship that is triggering for Dorinda. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of rumors flying around. But at the end of the day, like, I wonder if Tinsley and Scott reminds her of her and her first husband, who we know nothing yeah. about, you know, or something like that. But yeah, I was just shocked that after all of this, and I've said, I keep saying this, like, week after week, but after watching herself back, and then going through COVID, and like, all of this trauma, and she's still not able still. to like, ref- like, that is like, it's shocking to me that you can't self reflect. I've spent so much time over the last six months by myself thinking about the kind of person I want to be and think, you know, it's like you're stuck with your own thoughts. Is she just not? Is she just not thinking? Like, I don't know. I know it's crazy. (laughs) What do you do for the last six months? (laughs) I know. It's so hard to wrap, to wrap the mind around it. I don't know that like, and the only thing I can think of is like, you know, they say if you are a person that abuses alcohol, whatever age you are, when you start that abuse, you stop emotionally developing. So if she started in her 20s, I don't mean, I don't know when she started drinking like this. She's been doing it since she's been on the show. I know that. 
So at least six, seven years. So that's going to be an uncovering of at least that amount of time. And she hasn't even scratched the surface. Whereas I feel like these other women, they have like direct examples of what can happen when they're drinking gets out of control. Like for instance, Luann, obviously she went to jail. Leah, obviously her life was shit. Okay, then you have Ramona. Her father was a raging alcoholic and a rageaholic. So she has that clear example. Whereas I don't know if Dorinda has an example like that in her life. I don't know. She's never mentioned it. So maybe she just doesn't know like what comes on the other side if you continue down this path. She Maybe she's just ignorant to it. So she doesn't feel a need to fix it. That's, she, I don't know she what else. Sees, she thinks all these other women have a problem, but not her. It's insane. I don't. Yeah. It's like she <laughs> must be. She must be like 18 emotionally yeah like I, I don't understand like it doesn't make if I were to watch myself back on tv I would pick up on the slightest character defect like it wouldn't even have to be as like hers is so loud I, I would be like oh my god I hate the way my inflection when I spoke to that person and made it seem like I was condescending I'm never doing that again that's how I would be because I would be so hyper aware so the fact that she can watch herself on television and not have any room it's just mind-boggling and she was laughing when she was watching herself being mean to Tinsley I mean, when she like, was uh, like, sorry, sorry, it was it was tough. Now, the hardest part of the whole season for me with Dorinda was when she made that turkey baster comment. I mean, oh, my God, it it was no like remorse. a punch to the gut because she didn't even care. Oh, it was so painful. And as like someone like I have some fertility issues and I'm going through some stuff right now and to hear her like it's like a joke. It's it's making fun of someone wanting to have a child and it not being an easy journey was really just like, and then when they brought it up and, and she's like, I'm sorry. You know, it was just. She's like, it was a bad joke and I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> With a and, smile on her face. And even Andy said, you know, like I found it very rude and upsetting. <laughs> very upsetting. And then when she said, I'm surprised you're not pregnant already. <gasps> to Tinsley like you're just digging farther it's such a triggering thing pregnancy to so Mm -hmm. many people it is not easy and uh, to get pregnant for it is for some people and it's not for others and Tinsley is 44 and going through IVF and implanting her eggs and fertilizing them it's not an easy process and not at all if she is pregnant I bet you she would wait till she was like 16 weeks before announcing it to anyone Right. You know, she's not going to pull Lala Kent. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come out real right. early. Or Stassi. Yeah. It, and then how she kept being like telling Leah that Ramona said that she was a whore and a tramp. To me, that's what Leah, that's what Dorinda thinks of Leah. Yes. Because Ramona never said that. And you could tell from Ramona's reaction that Ramona knows that she never said that Leah is a whore. So it was like a combination of Dorinda took the subtext of what Ramona was saying, and it's like, she called you a whore, but also Dorinda thinks she's slick because Dorinda thinks the same way Ramona does about Leah. She looks down on those tattoos. She didn't like going to that uh, Married to the Med opening. She didn't like being downtown. She doesn't like being around hip hop. So she's <laughs> ju- she feels the same way they do, but she doesn't let it out because she wants to be on Leah's side. It's a better look for her. And, and anything to go against Ramona, she's going to jump on that. Right. So she would never openly say these things to Leah. And so when she's like, well, she's calling you a whore. I'm like, no, you're calling her her, her, her whore. Talk about Freudian slip. You think she's a whore. You think she's a tramp. That's what I thought when she said that. It was all so wild. There's so much projection happening and so much of crazy. 
Um, so Lynn Tinsley, you know, says that she did. Le- she says she claims she didn't have to leave the show for Scott, but she did. That whole thing is uncomfortable. But of course, Ramona and some of the other women are applauding her, of course, for, you mm-hmm. know, being the submissive woman in a relationship. Ramona says that she would do the same for a man if he put a ring on it. And then Lou said she would do the same <laughs> when asked. This is my favorite part of the whole reunion. Lou said, well, I left a career in Italian television for my first husband. <laughs> Oh it, was, it was amazing. I was like, wow. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every moment of that. Just Lou, like Lou flippantly. Just, I know. She just gives us more and more. More, more, and, more and, and more. She never disappoints. She is I always know. classic Luann. I loved it. I love that moment. And she said it so <laughs> ma- just so flippant. Just like, oh, Left yeah. Iron. I, even I did that. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Oh my god. Do you think that those women really would leave the show for a man? It depends. I think Ramona is kind of feeling like she's getting towards the end of her time on reality TV. Like okay. I think she's not as into it and I do think she really does want to be with someone. So if yeah. she could meet someone that would meet her financial needs mm-hmm. and give her what she's getting through being on the show, yeah. then she would leave. I do. I don't think she needs the spotlight. Even though she's a total narcissist, I don't think she feeds off it. She's so oblivious. What about Luann? Do you think she would actually leave the show? No. I, I don't, don't think so. I don't think Luann would. No. I think that was a complete lie. I don't think she it would was. leave it for a man. <laughs> no. Ramona would, but I could see Ramona because she wants mm-hmm. to find that match so bad. And that's all she really has been. That's been her main storyline is that she's alone and she, you know, she's... You know, she doesn't want to end up alone and she has all these girlfriends, but she wants someone to hold her. So it makes sense that she would give it up for a man. And people are pretty much done with her anyway. I think so. We'll see what happens. I could see her staying another season, but getting real tired of the conversations that they're going to be having on New York. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, but I also don't want it to get so young. Like, I don't want it to only yeah. be Leah's friends. I love watching, you know, Sonia and Luann. Like, I don't want a bunch of people in their 30s. No, I agree. I agree. That's what makes the show special is because it's, it's, there aren't really any other shows on TV where they're specifically hiring women of that age range. Mm-hmm. So for the space that does allow for that, it would suck if it just completely transitions in, into that. Because we have, there's so many reality shows for women in their 30s and their 20s. Yes. So many, so many dating shows, The Bachelor, like, yeah, You have to I be agree. like 22 I, to be on The Bachelor now, but yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Every year I feel like I, they get younger and younger on these shows. I'm just I like, know. oh my God, really? Like you're, you're ready to get married at 22, really? You're ready just to lock it down at 22? Yeah, but I am going to watch The Bachelorette because Claire uh, Crawley is on and then it's going to be Tasha. So Uh I'm here for that. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then the last thing was just Dorinda pointing out stuff that happened off camera between her and Tinsley. And they showed, they aired this like argument and I couldn't tell where it was filmed, where Dorinda, um, I guess Scott. They said it was in uh, their, their house that they were renting when they went to Miami. Okay, so it was last season. Yeah, last okay. season. Okay, so last season, so Scott gave John some money. Dorinda didn't know. She got upset with John and was screaming about it. Was this footage, though? Because I thought I saw this footage in the promo for this season. I saw I it know. somewhere, like where she yeah. was yelling on the phone. 
Yeah, I remember seeing that. I don't know. People are saying it was from last season. I don't know if it was from it, last season or this season. It probably season. was last season because that's when it was filmed. Maybe they were going to explore that storyline and then they just ended up not doing it. Yeah. I don't know. I was so proud. I was so proud of Tinsley for doing that. I was like, yes, Tinsley, lay it out. Let us know. Let the people know how fucked up this woman is. I know. They had I'm- to remove. They wanted her to leave for her own safety. That is scary. I think Dorinda has serious anger issues and I really want her to get help because I do think there's a good person in there. I do think she cares about her friends and her family, but she is stunted um, emotionally, very severely stunted for not addressing the death of her husband. Severely. I tried to like, so I remember, you know, she's like, you know, if I tell you something, you better, you better mother effing well listen. Mm-hmm. And I try to say it back as angry as she, I can't get that angry. I, I physically can't work <laughs> myself up to have yeah. that much intensity coming out of me. I can't do it. Like the, the level that she goes to is like fascinating to me from zero to a hundred. It's explosive. Very it's few people are like that. Wow. Now, another person that I think has a lot of unresolved anger is Brandy Glanville. So I wonder if we can just hop on over to Beverly yes, Hills. Nice, nice segue. Because- okay. <laughs> yes, did come you through segue. see Brandy on Watch What Happens Live this week? I did. I did. She had so much contempt for Z-Way. She did not want to be on that show with Z-Way. And I don't know exactly why, because if I was on a show with Z-Way, I would do anything to make Z-Way like me. Like I yeah. would hate to be someone that Z-Way made fun of. Like, like her Instagram lives are so, that's like a nightmare to be, Mm -hmm. like, her to pick you apart. I I would never get on, if I were a white person, I would never go on that show. Right. Ever. Because I would be terrified. (laughs) And so, like, why couldn't Brandy be jokey with her? I don't, I don't know, but she had some, I don't know if she was pissed at Andy and Bravo for not really giving her a full sit down. Like, I heard that she was going to get a sit-down, but... Yeah, I thought so, too. Doing Watch What Happens Live is not, like, a sit-down. So they're not doing that anymore. That's, that's... I have no idea. Huh. I have no idea. See, I didn't even really pick up on the contempt to... I didn't really pick up on that towards Z-Way. I, I guess maybe because I usually watch... I watch the Watch What Happens Live a lot, and I uh-huh. it's interesting to see how the guests interact in a yeah. Zoom format. And yeah. so a lot of times... When it's a housewife, like they're usually pretty friendly with mm-hmm. the guest, um, mm-hmm. especially when the guest shows how much they love the housewives. Yeah. And I just felt like, watch it again and let me know what you think. Because okay. I felt her body language was not like it was weird. I felt a lot of weird vibes. See, the, what, what I got towards the end of it is I, I actually think, no, she wouldn't do that. Because it seemed like Brandy's going to go on Z-Way's show. I mean, she tweeted today like you would be an iconic guest, but she does that all the time. Yeah, because at the end, Brandy, at the very end, she was like, see you later. She was like, I'll see you to oh, Z-Way. Maybe I am reading end. it wrong. But I may have missed it. I don't no, know. I don't know. I just felt like Brandy was in a weird mood. And maybe, she was. Maybe it wasn't Z-Way. Maybe it was just coming off. It felt towards- like it was the whole yes. sort of situation because she was feeling sort of a resentment towards she felt like she was being used. You know, and yeah. she was like, this, all their drama has nothing to do with me. And they just put me in this and made me the center focus of the season as if that's not what you wanted. I think there is so much dark stuff within Brandy. 
Like, she is so angry at her ex-husband. She then, like, makes up with them, but then gets angry with them all over again. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, like, I don't know you, if you hook up with Denise and then are so angry with her, and then Denise said that she was basically, like, stalking her and harassing her. Yeah. I mean, I believe that. Yeah, I do, too. Brandy has that crazy vibe, for sure. Like, she takes things a little bit too far. But yeah, without, I, mean, I mean, she seems like the type that would have like a lot of restraining orders out against exactly, her. exactly yeah. like um, Danica. Um, I was gonna say that. I was gonna say Danica. <laughs> I have. I get Danica exactly vibes. Like Danica. Yes, total Danica vibes. Absolutely. Yes, that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. Oh man, yeah. so this I felt like the majority of this reunion was all anti Kyle. It was like everyone against Kyle. And I really appreciated that because I think Kyle went into this season thinking she was going to be the queen bee and no one was going to like come for her. And to hear that she did not talk to Dorit after the first episode aired of this season, which was in like what April, Mm -hmm. she hasn't spoken to Dorit in that long. That's 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 shocking. She is I was someone who has a very bru- easily bruised ego. Oh, yeah. And I don't hold think a grudge. anyone ha- is as fragile as Kyle. Yes. She's overly sensitive because she cares so much about what people think. And she's so insecure in a not a good way. Because I like right. insecurities. Like, it's fine. Like, it makes you more likable. But her insecurities is to the point where it's like, it's not a good look because she's so nasty to other people because of her own insecurities. Yeah, it was just very weird. I think Dorit was like, hey, honey, I like was talking to the camera because it's our job. And I was poking fun in the fact that you weren't prepared for your fashion show. And as a result, you just stopped speaking to me for six months. Like ridiculous. So ridiculous. And really, Kyle, like you're really, come on, you're going to get that burnt her over that. You're going to get that upset over Over her business. Come come on. on. Nobody takes your steer- your exterior clothing line seriously. Nobody on this Zoom takes you seriously. So if you want to have, <laughs> you need to pick up on with everybody on this Zoom right now because they're just not saying it like Dorit is. Dorit does not need to be friends with Kyle because she brings her down. She shines better without Kyle. She needs to disassociate herself from Kyle and hang out with Garcelle and then whoever else they bring on the show. Totally. Totally. I think she's likes and cares about Kyle. I think she does. That's why she was apologizing. But I am over it. And I'm totally I'm over it. The Kyle Teddy friendship. I'm glad oh. they're friends. It's just not interesting to watch. No. I wasn't even interested in hearing about Teddy's like family. Like I'm I'm her pregnancy when they showed the whole thing. I was like, that wasn't very interesting. I know. I feel bad about her daughter having to get neurosurgery and her other daughter's yeah. finger falling off. But again, like that couldn't even keep my attention. <laughs> Is that terrible? It just couldn't keep my attention. It's just I not you. interesting. And I, I I, think Teddy's a nice person. I yeah. do. I think she's a good human being. I think she's a fabulous mother. I'm sure she has a great marriage. Mm-hmm. I just am not interested. At the same time, I think her ego isn't as easily bruised at all. I think she t- is, takes the butt of jokes all the time and she lets yeah. things roll off her back way more than any of these other women on the entire show. I agree. I agree. Yeah, she she's just one of those people. It's like there's nothing that she can do to make herself interesting. She's just not. She's like like sliced bread. She's just like <laughs> stale and white and just like her name is Teddy and she like rides horses and like works out all the time. It's just like 
she does she doesn't show she's too focused on being like perfect basically with her accountability business that's her brand her brand is being very much together and what's entertaining and interesting is people that are not together that are unhinged that are unraveling and she would never let herself appear that way so it's boring right right you know i don't think we'll see her again now i hope not um, I wanted to get your thoughts on all the Amelia Gray stuff and Rinna and oh um, Rinna's dancing. And I think her dancing is stupid. Just stupid. I'm just like, oh, my God, I cannot imagine being 50 something years old and needing attention that badly that I got to shake my ass on Instagram. Like I would be sad to see myself at that point in life. And that's what I'm doing. Like I like how it's just pathetic to me. Like sit your ass down. Go do something else. Like, well, that, that's it, right? Because, like, I thought it was cute at first, like, when she was at Andy's right. um, baby shower and she got yeah. everyone to dance and then she's doing some dances. But at some point it gets old and she's the person that says you have to keep reinventing yourself in Hollywood. Right. But yet she is not doing anything new. And no. I'm not watching those videos anymore, whereas maybe a couple years ago I would have, like, seen it and laughed. Exactly. And it's like, okay, whatever. If it triggered your daughter's eating disorder, if it didn't, okay. Mainly, I'm just like, I don't want to see your skinny ass, which are just, I don't want to see it. It's not, it'd be one thing if she had a nice ass. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, let me see that ass. She's skin (laughs) and bones. She has no hips, no thighs, no ass, no nothing. So she just flaunting her extreme thinness for what? I, I'm good on that. I don't, I don't need to, it's not body positive. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's maybe one thing if she were like, you know, curvy, it was just like, yes, show your body and be proud. Like, even if you have like cellulite and lip dimples and lumps, like we all do, but she's has like 5% body fat. So it's just like, I don't see what you're doing. That's productive to society. It's just nothing. It's just stupid. It's also interesting how they all kind of went after Garcelle for having the audacity to bring up the fact that Lisa is so thin, does these dances, and has a daughter with body issues. Like, we're all thinking it, you know? Why not just say it? And then they're like, well, you said it in front of everyone, kind of. And she's like, I didn't say it flippantly. Like, I wasn't joking. Right. You and know? they cut out the part of that scene that came. Have you seen the unseen footage from that scene? No. In that same conversation, she said, the reason why I asked is because I really relate to that because my son has been an addict since he was 15 years old. Oh. She said her son has been a drug addict since 15 and he's like 30 now. So she's been dealing with addiction for years. So she opened herself up, was vulnerable, was crying, telling the whole group about this in Rome. No one had any idea. And then they cut it. They cut the footage. That would have made everything make so much more sense. They didn't want, yes. they didn't want to present because Garcelle Because she in that probably way. keeps questioning herself what she did. Is yes. why her, oh, my God. And that was her way of connecting because she was like, because I get down on myself as a mom and I know that I try my hardest and I'm not perfect and I feel bad because my son has been struggling. And I think, where did I go wrong? She was like, when she first got married to her, her husband because this uh her son is from a previous relationship right and so she said that when they got married they started their new life and they were having their own kids and they kind of gave him a lot of freedom so she felt the guilt around that possibly being something that contributed to him getting caught up in drugs and so that was really the reason why she brought it up but they cut that from the scene and so that's why when it was brought up again at the reunion garcelle didn't even address it because she's like okay well you cut the footage that made the whole thing make sense so there's really nothing to say because Oh, what else is there is to be so... said? Because she has said, like, to the camera, to us, 
right? The audience that she had this son and that he had addiction issues yes, for a while. Yes, so we yes. knew about it, you know, right. and that's why she goes and um, to right. the, does the, to the LA mission right. and feeds people and stuff like that. Right. But I, it's interesting to, that in the, the other scene, women didn't know. That was her first time finding out in that scene. Interesting. And that's why in that scene, Brandy, not Brandy, uh, Denise is crying in that scene. And I remember watching it like, why the fuck is Denise crying? Oh. She was crying. Because Garcelle was crying about her son and they cut it. So it just looks like she's crying. That's really frustrating. I would much rather watch that than pretty much almost anything else going on. I know. I know. What a relatable situation. Like, I know. Who among us does not have a family or a friend that has gone through some serious addiction issues or is currently going through it? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, that so- is. That's, that's, my, that's my thoughts on that. I feel like they framed it and they made it look in a certain way that they wanted it to look. And it gave Rena a small leg to stand on because like, okay, yeah, I guess if you, if you want to say that it was inappropriate to bring it up in front of the women, okay, but you remove the context. Right. So there's not really anything Garcelle can do to defend herself because she wasn't going to do talk about something that wasn't on the show. They don't really, not really a fan of them doing that. Well, in the footage that you cut, they would probably, <laughs> they, would, they would cut her saying right. that. Yeah. They would just cut it all. So she didn't really. That's why I was like, when they asked her about it, she was just like, okay. Moving on. Moving on. Exactly. Oh, that is frustrating. Well, but I think Rena is full of shit, though. Mm hmm. Because obviously, yes, people pick up different coping mechanisms for whatever reasons, but a lot of the negative self talk and a lot of the sort of judgment around food, fear of food, all that stuff, that starts in the home most, most of the time. So for her to say her hands are completely clean because she didn't sit there and help Amelia look up diets, it's it's just silly. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with like, you know, I don't know a lot about eating disorders, but I know a lot of it's about control and yeah. And Amelia wanting control, but I if I were a mother, I probably wouldn't want my children to be models. I just feel like that is such yeah. a difficult um, journey. You can only do it for a certain amount of years. Um, it's mm-hmm. all about what you look like. And I think we're trying to teach children nowadays, like it's to look beyond what people look like and focus mm-hmm. on other things. So that I guess, you know, they are a Hollywood family and Lisa, you know, got her jobs based on her looks mm-hmm. and her husband is, you know, former sexiest man alive. So, ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't understand why whenever that conversation was being had, they didn't flash back to the scene with her daughters and Harry flat out said, you're the reason why she's like yes. this. Why yep. did they not flash back to that scene? It would have made know. it. It makes perfect. He flat out said it. And I think that's like really relatable. I think when a child has an issue, like parents tend to want to blame one another because they're feel bad about what's going on yeah. and they feel like they have no control over it. And mm-hmm. it's just like a coping mechanism for them. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very relatable scene, you know, to see like one, the daughter not wanting to eat. It was painful, but it it was the reality. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel bad for the daughters though. Like they didn't really sign up for this show, you know? No, it's, yeah. It's, no, yeah. So it's like, I go back and forth. Also, $5,700 a month on an apartment in L.A. Can you find like a really good apartment for like $3,000? Yes. yes. Okay. That's ridiculous. It's so dumb. I'm like, It's not like Manhattan, you know, where it's like everything's like that expensive. If you want a doorman, I don't even know. Right. It's so stupid. It's like you may as well buy a house and pay a mortgage for that amount of money. Totally. 
It's so silly. Build some and equity, she, she, girl. Amelia Gray, right. where's your equity? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You need to get, get take some classes from Candace and learn how to build a freaking empire, not throw your money down the drain on rent. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's all her money from modeling. Why is she throwing all this money down the drain when everyone knows modeling career? Like you said, they're so short. first thought was like, she should be And they're all like, mad. good job, good job, good job, Amelia. It's like, no, this is very. That's not what you should be spending your money on. Be like your mom. She's been in that house for how many years? 25? It's got rats. She's not fixing it. She ain't going nowhere. (laughs) She ain't going nowhere. Exactly. That house looks so run down. It really does. Everyone has moved out of Beverly Hills to Uh kind of greener pastures, nicer homes in the valley. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's still there. She's still there. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's why our house looks the way it did, because Harry lived in Italy for like two years. I'm like, really? Okay. Keep telling yourself that. Speaking of the husbands, I am very interested for next week to see what everyone has to say about Aaron, because I think part of why I am not as big fan of Denise is because of her husband. I really despise him. I think he's one of the worst house husbands we've ever seen, not just because he said he was going to crush her hand. That's awful. But because he peddles pseudoscience to the masses and to people who are sick. And that pisses me off. Dorit and PK, they rip off wealthy people, okay? Mm-hmm. They take money off from wealthy people. That don't, that right. don't bug me that much, right? It's mm-hmm. like a stick-up guy robbing a drug dealer. Yeah. But when you take someone who's suffering from cancer and make them think that you have the answers, oh, and I'm yeah. not saying that there are not alternative therapies right. and right. homeopathic therapies. I don't think he has them. I don't think he is well-versed in that lasers radio waves <laughs> yeah just, i'll get off my soapbox no i agree I, I i absolutely agree it's i and it's only for rich people too it's like so you're catering to these people that like are desperate and they have the money to spend mm-hmm. and you're just milking it it's, it's like but like dr moon makes me laugh like shannon's dr moon on right, the OC. Right. i'm like you're yeah. crazy you're spending this money but shannon doesn't have cancer right if she had cancer right. i would feel very differently about dr moon Right. You know, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, I wanna, how do, do you think that Denise and Aaron will last? How long do you think they'll last? You think they'll. Oh, I think she can live in denial for a very, very, very long time. I could yeah, see I them think, lasting. I think like seven, for... I think seven years, seven, eight years. I think they could go longer. Like I really? can see unless she keeps cheating on him, which I think she will. Yeah. But I could see him cheating, too. I could see them yeah. both being OK with an open marriage, maybe not even cheating. Yeah, I agree. Well, maybe now that she's off the show, you know, they, they'll have a more of a chance at a successful marriage because the way they were going down that path, they, I mean, that wasn't going to work out, especially if he wasn't if he wasn't aware, like Brandy said, that she's having a, this yeah. affair. But like you said, I agree. It seems like like and even Denise said it. She was like, if we wanted to hook up, we would go and find somebody to hook up with. Like, I'm Denise Richards. Like, I don't need to send her out to get people. So it seems it fits their personality that they would be open to swinging and threesomes. And right. Right. Which so I, I think we're going to see a little bit potentially of on the OC with Bronwyn oh, in the yeah. in the previews. They kind of made it sound like her and her husband were interested in Gina or whatever. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. I'm interested in that. I think a lot of marriages, you know, can work and be open. Oh, yeah. And that's totally, totally. fine. Totally. I think her not being honest about it is what frustrates the women. Exactly. But I can exactly. also see not wanting to be honest. But then don't mess don't with Brandy do- Glanville. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you're going to do something with a woman, don't pick her. She's the worst choice. I know. She's the worst. She'll tell anyone and then make herself the victim. Honestly, the best choice would have been like somebody like Vanderpump because Vanderpump would never want anyone to know. You know, she picked the loosest cannon that she could possibly find. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Can you imagine Denise and Lisa Vanderpump? <laughs> Vanderpump would deny that to her grave. So would Denise. Perfect. So that's perfect. That works. It's perfect. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, while we're laughing, let's go to my absolutely favorite franchise, The Real Housewives of Potomac. I laughed so hard this episode. It was so it was so campy, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're out at this lake house. They're having a good time. They have a pancake making contest. You know, they do the uh, Lady of the River, Lady of the Lake contest between Candace mm-hmm. and Ashley. Like, so much of this was cheeky and cute and fun. Yeah. And I'm here yeah. for it. Absolutely. It was fun. It was like, it, it kind of felt like you're like I wasn't even watching Housewives. They had all the graphics and the music and all of that. Yeah. It was it was a nice little, and it was funny because it was like riding that line of like, oh, this is fun, but like, what's happening? But oh, yeah, that's fun. But like, but what's happening though? So it was nice that they were also commenting on that, that they're like, right. oh, yeah, this is fine, but what are we doing next? Like, where's the alcohol? When they were all eating that pizza and oh bored, it was Hilarious. so funny. It was so, and you know the producers asked them questions to get them to be shady like that to upset uh-huh. Monique. Uh-huh. Like, yep. Monique, it's not that deep. If they were bored at your lake house, like, who cares? You have four houses. None oh of gosh. this should bother you. Right. You know? <laughs> But as my brother said, these ladies don't like Monique. Now, why? I mean, I think it could be jealousy. Deep down, I want it to be political. (laughs) I want them to be angry with her for like her weird QAnon stuff and Uh people uh that she follows on Instagram. But I don't think it's that deep. No, I don't think so. I think it's a jealousy thing. Because think about it. Okay, Giselle, divorced, husband cheating on her. Robin, husband cheated on her, divorced. Karen, she's good to go, but she doesn't really have a problem with Monique. That's true. And then you got Ashley, who doesn't have a problem with Monique. Not now. Yep. And then, right, not now. And then Candace, who that's a whole other story. So I feel like the women that dislike her the most are the ones that want what she has. I think so too. And her husband's clearly very supportive of her, no matter what they portray on the mm-hmm. show. Like, oh, you can tell supportive. that he loves her and cares oh, about yeah. her. Oh, yeah. Like, he wants her to play the play the part. Like, you know, make sure the home is right. Make sure food is on the table. Like, he feels that it's her responsibility to make sure that the kids are taken care of, which I don't agree with that misogyny. But that's what's worked for them up to this point. But I feel like that's what she went in. She went into the relationship knowing that because he was totally. the main breadwinner. So mm-hmm. Chris is just being Chris. Chris is just being who he thought that that's who he married. So it'll be interesting to see because she kind of hinted at it that she's kind of wanting more from him and wanting him to take off some of the load and do more, you know, help around the house. And so I'll be interested to see, like, how's that going to play out? I'm interested, too. It's funny that Robin mentioned that Juan used to be that way because athletes are used to being catered to. But that after her and Juan lost all their money, it really humbled him. And he kind of they both had to build back together. Yeah, I don't know. Well, hopefully, hopefully it won't take that from. Monique oh my and God, no! Chris. I also think Monique and um, Chris are quite smart with their money. I think so too, and they seem yeah. like you said, like they really seem to love each other and have a great respect for each other. That was so funny when he was on the phone. I love when they all call their husbands, and you can kind of tell, like the husbands are like, "Oh, I know you're filming this, and mm-hmm. I hate doing this or whatever." And when he was like, "Monique." 
I ain't really feel that way about the bird. Like, can we just get to the uh-huh. drama between Wendy and Ashley or whatever no. it was? You know? It's like, yes, Chris. Uh-huh. He's like, just get to it. Just get it. to it. And that's why I love him even more because he he's not into the board, the bird, but he lets her have do this, her thing. Yes. Which is all you can really ask for. <laughs> we don't need we don't need, you know, a uh what's his name? Todd Todd. What's Kim what's Vanderpump's husband's name? Oh, to- Ken Todd. Yeah, we don't need a Ken. He walking around holding holding a, her purse a, and a, her dog. Like yeah. that's not necessary. But the fact that he lets her do her thing, I I, I appreciate that even more. Mm-hmm. But he's also like, uh, you're not leaving that bird with me this weekend. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's on you. I don't care about the bird. I don't want nothing to do with the bird, but you can have your bird. Um, what do you think of Dr. Wendy? I like Dr. Wendy. And I appreciated the fact that she was able to have that conversation with Ashley after the blow up from the week prior and just be like, look, I miss my daughter. She was in the NICU. You know, it was a lot for me to leave her. And I just felt frustrated that she just didn't know that it was even an option. Right. To, to bring her. She the producers thought, oh, uh, totally set that up, by the way. Oh, oh like, yeah. And also, Ashley and Monique have a friendship. So Monique, of course, is going to offer this knowing what Ashley is going through. No one knew what Monique was going through. Right. You right. know, so I think the producers kind of could see this coming. Yeah, and totally. They, they wanted the new girl to come in with some sort of and then the shade of Monique giving everyone a bathrobe but having newbie written and not even giving Wendy a bathrobe with Wendy's name on it I saw that I was like "Ooh, the shade the, the shade. shade but she can handle it Dr. Wendy is tough she goes oh, on Fox yeah. News regularly so <laughs> she can definitely I know right and I'm like Fox News okay girl you can definitely stand your own if you're showing up at Fox News and talking to those idiots but I totally. will say I still have not gotten an understanding of like Karen's dislike. Like, I don't understand why Karen's not feeling her. I don't know either. I really don't. I doesn't make sense. Like she's done nothing to you, but be nice and friendly. Like she's educated, beautiful, smart. Like I don't, I don't get, why would she be? It doesn't make sense based off of Karen that we've seen on the show. It doesn't make sense for her to be jealous. So that's why I'm so confused. I don't know if it's jealousy or if that she expects the younger or newer people to kind of kiss the ring of the grand dame the way that yeah. Candace did. Like Candace right. looks up to her, asks her questions about yeah. her marriage and how she stayed married so long, asks her advice. Like I think she's someone who wants people to need her in a sort of mother, not motherly role, but like a elder statesman <laughs> something yeah the matriarch yeah like she wants to be viewed that way um the way that monique and candace kind of do go to her you know and then to have wendy kind of not need her in any way ashley ashley was the same way too ashley wasn't going to her when she first got on the show and she didn't like ashley she called ashley a floozy right right so it tracks like she wants the young people to like come to her and then that's how she will give them respect because they have yeah. to show her respect. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So hopefully after, because they keep saying that they're going to go to lunch or something or dinner, her and Wendy. But on Watch What Happens Live, she said that lunch never happened. Oh. when okay, Karen, well. Which is also a good one to watch because Karen clearly does not know how to use Zoom or whatever method they use to film <laughs> Watch What Happens Live. Like her mic sounded like she was underwater. Like oh my it was- gosh. <laughs> Of course. I would expect nothing. No one's there to like set it up for her. Right, right. 
She's like, this is as good as I can do. Can you hear me? That's good enough. Because I was expecting that by the end of the season that her and Wendy would come to some sort of understanding. But I I don't know that we're going to get there. Darn. Well, I'm looking forward to this week to see the whole deal with Michael and how Ashley's going to react to that news. I am glad they didn't bring it up to her at the dinner. I really felt like an ambush in her really vulnerable state, even though it would have been like, quote unquote, good TV. It's just... It would have when been, are I they doing? Because it seems like they're picking it up this week at the same table. You think they're not going to do it? Well, so in the previews for this week, Giselle said something like, I know I'm not going to do it like that with Ashley. Like, I know how to work. Like, we're friends now. I'm not going to do that or something like that. Okay. Even though Giselle tried to set it up for Candace to do it. Right, right. My guess is that they're going to talk to her separately after dinner. That's uh, my guess. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Because I feel like Ashley would then be way more, we would see a scene of her freaking out at the dinner table and like being accusatory towards them. Yeah. You're trying to ruin my marriage. You're coming for me. You did it last season. Yeah. As opposed to them coming with a concern and trying to act at least like it's not tea, but actually a concern. Yeah, right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know. I read way too much into this. Like, I mean, hey, that's the whole point, right? That's why we're here. (laughs) I love it. I love Potomac. I am a little bit nervous about this altercation. I I like watching Monique. I do not like her weird conspiracy theories, but I love watching her on this show. And um, if I can watch Ramona, then I can certainly watch Monique. And yes, yes. <laughs> and totally. um, I like Candace too in a weird way. I, yeah, I used did. to find her really annoying, and now I find her slightly endearing. Mm-hmm. So annoying, but endearing. And I don't like. Yeah. I don't want to see them get physical with each other, and I don't want to see the fallout, and I don't want to see the women feeling like they have to act a certain way to represent the community of Black women. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is a burden they should not have to bear. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. I don't either. It, it bothers me whenever. It really uncomfortable. And whenever anyone, like, I remember being um, young and going to camp in a very small town in Wisconsin. And mm-hmm. we would do cleanup days at the local lakefront. Clean up garbage and stuff. And they would say, you guys got to be on your best behavior because these people have never seen Jews before. And they think you all have horns. And if you act one way, they're going to think all Jews are like that. And wow. I remember being like dude, I'm like 11 or 12 years old. Like, why are you putting that on me? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I know, I know. But I think every kind of group, you know, gets that, right? You have to behave this way. Otherwise, everyone will think all of us are like this, you know? No, totally. But I hate that. I hate that for them. I don't like that. I do too. And it makes it even more to where the women feel like they have to pick the side of the person that's, that, didn't start the fight because they feel like they have to stand up for this whole idea that we don't support violence or even if they might not necessarily agree with that person, they feel a pressure to do that. It's like you could the, also say both of them did the wrong thing. Yeah, exactly. Just as individuals. Right. You know? Exactly. So. Yeah, it's, it's, I wonder how far into the season it's going to be before we get to see that. What I do you don't know. I, I don't know. And I don't know what's going to lead up to it. Like, I have no idea. I wonder if it's this, um, all the stuff about Monique potentially fathering a child with, not with Chris, all that stupid stuff. It's like clearly fake. That would do it though. But if it doesn't bother her now, 
right? This is what I'm so confused about. She had that yeah. Instagram live story where she mm-hmm. spilled all the tea and said that these women were starting rumors about her hooking up with her trainer and fathering a child with that man. And if that happened, how could she film with them a month later and not hate all their guts, especially mm-hmm. Giselle? Yeah. Who she's chummy with right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Monty thinks yeah. that she's keeping her enemies close, but <laughs> I don't it's, get it. I don't get it either. I don't get it. I'm hoping maybe, I mean, maybe it'll make sense as the season unfolds. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. But I am looking but, forward to the rest of the season. I love it. I am it. too. I love I it already. Too. I don't care how silly and campy and goofy it is. It is a fantastic show and everyone no, should watch. It really watch. is. And somebody, Giselle put a tweet out and she was just like, they could never, the Potomac women could never get away with what they do in Beverly Hills. Like, but yes. the Potomac girls, they bring it every episode and the, they can never just drag out. Can you imagine if they drug out one storyline? That show would be canceled. Totally. Potomac would be canceled. So there's your white privilege right there. Mm-hmm. Although New York would never drag out one storyline. No, no, they would never. They would never. I don't know why Beverly Hills gets away with that, to be honest. They need to shake that up. They really do. It must just be it must just be like the privilege of like the name, the people on the show having such star power that they can get more so get away with it because of like these people are famous. Whereas on the other shows, they're not famous, like they're not a fame adjacent, fame adjacent even. So maybe that has something to do with it. Like they feel like, OK, well, my dad's Teddy Millencamp and, you know, I'm Kim. Rid- I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I think they they're the most Beverly Hills is the franchise with, that says the least. Mm-hmm. Like there is so much that's unspoken. Yeah, and if they just sure. said it, I know. Like whatever they're thinking, whatever the drama is, like and they did in the beginning. Yeah, then it would be a much better show. But instead, all thing, these things though, are off they, limits. Exactly, because every person on there is an actor or a wannabe actor or something in the in the business entertainment, and they don't want to tarnish their own brand. Mm-hmm. They so all they have just, boundaries that they shouldn't have exactly. if they're going to be on reality TV. Exactly. You and know? they get, the, for whatever reason, they get a pass. New York, those ladies don't have boundaries. People talk about all kinds of shit with Lou and Sonia. And, you know, Sonia's only boundary is not showing her daughter, but, you know, yeah. she talks about her. Right. Anyway, Sasha, thank you so much for being on this week. You are, oh, you are amazing. I love thank your videos. You. Tell everyone so where much. they can find you and your fantastic breakdowns. Thank you so much. You can find me at the Bravo breakdown on Instagram and patreon.com slash the Bravo breakdown right now. I'm sad because, you know, Roni and Beverly Hills are both wrapping up. So I'm kind of going back and forth between the two. So if I'm not breaking it down on my feed, you can ha- find it over on my Patreon. And then I guess in a couple of weeks, it'll just be Potomac and then Orange County. Yikes. That's going to be an interesting time. I think the OC is going to be fascinating to actually break down and talk about. True, true. So sign up for my Patreon to see what I have to say. It's like, if you want to see what a black woman has to say about the Real Housewives of Orange County, sign up for my Patreon. It will be worth every cent. Actually, I cannot wait for that. I cannot wait. (laughs) That's a sight to see, right? Oh, my God. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) I'm excited. I am. We can all see Bronwyn sort of find her own voice this season. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, thank thank you you so so much. much. I appreciate it. I will see you on the gram. I'm like, I'm always like, I know we're always on the gram. DM me (laughs) anytime. So what we'll have to do is we'll DM each other after this episode airs on Sunday. And when we find out if they confront Ashley at the dinner table. Yes. 
because I have a theory that they're not going to confront her at the dinner table. I could be completely wrong, but I feel like they would have shown us footage of a blow up. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. right. Yes. (laughs) This is what I stay up at night thinking about. Hey, (laughs) it's necessary for the Bravo verse. It's everything surrounding these shows is what I'm here for. You know, all the theories. Everyone has their theories. Exactly. Exactly. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. you the pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film powder donut <clears throat> okay what's my line uh the only line i see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from progressive oh man that's a tongue twister huh i'm sorry i'm gonna need a few more minutes <clears throat> bulbous walrus the bulbous walrus the name your price tool only from progressive the owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe.